Good morning. Today's message is entitled, A Wise Person Understands Cause and Effect. Cause and Effect. Now, during tough times, what does God expect Christians to do? We are in some tough times. Financial and otherwise, we're in some tough times. And it might get worse before it gets better. So what are we to do as Christians doing these times that are pretty tough? Well, one thing is we need to understand there's a cause and effect, a principle that, that is in existence in the world. And let's uh, define what we mean by cause. By cause, we mean that a personal thing that is the occasion of action. In other words, someone or something puts something into action. That's a cause. And when we talk about an effect, an effect is that which is produced by an action, meaning a result. So there is an action and there are results from actions. Now, what God wants us to understand that he has given us principles, promises. He's given us things that to do to cause a certain, you know, result. And that's what we need today in these tough times. We need results that are biblical. We need results that will bring us out and not take us under. Is that correct? In Proverbs, let's look at some of the things that God says in, in, in the Word about cause and effect. What causes things and what some of the actions would be and the results would be. Go to the ant in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 through 11 says, O sluggard. Now, sluggard is, is someone who does not have foresight. A sluggard is someone who's lazy and undisciplined to act. They could act, but they are slow and they are undisciplined to act on things. That's what a slugger is. Observe her ways and be wise. So it's telling this person who doesn't have foresight to observe the ant. Then the ant is going to do something that's going to cause some results. It says the ant doesn't have a chief, it doesn't have an officer or ruler prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. You see, the ant knows that winter is coming and the ant needs something to eat, so the ant is going to prepare. The ant has foresight. So God is telling us that, that there is an action here and there are results. And it tells the slugger, how long will you lie down, O slugger? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And your poverty will come like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. So he's telling us that, that here, that if you can foresee in the future that you might have a need, you need to be preparing for that need now. Don't wait to the 
need comes and say, well, I wonder what I'm going to do. Maybe God's going to uh, provide for me. He said he'll supply all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Yes, he did say that. But there are things that's in place for why he said that. Let's look in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. Poor is the one who works with a negligent hand. Now, negligent hand is, is a hand that disregards things, is inattentive. Not, not a, not, they're, not, they're not paying attention to things. They're indifferent. You know, when you have a, a, a swimming pool or something like that uh, in your home, you have to do certain things so that you won't be negligent. You, you just can't put a pool out there because they'll say it's a, a, an, an attractive nuisance, you see. Because they know that, that you, you put this thing there, you know it's attractive. You know kids are going to come jump in that thing, but you didn't even put a fence around it. You didn't even have the foresight to know that kids are going to want to swim in this pool. They, didn't, they weren't attentive to the, to the facts. Proverbs chapter 14. Now we know that we don't want to be poor. So we're going we're gonna to have to be diligent. We're going to have to be diligent. That's the opposite of, of negligent. We're going to have to be diligent. In all labor, there is profit. But mere talk leads to poverty. So in all labor, I don't care what you do that's good, in the labor force, there's going to be some profit. A action and a result. In Proverbs chapter 24, 32-34 says, I passed by the field of the sluggard and by the vineyard of the man lacking sense. And behold, it was completely overgrown with thistles, its surface was covered with needles, and the stone wall was broken down. When, when I saw, I reflected upon it, and I, I looked and I receive instruction, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your poverty will come as a robber and your want like an armed man. It's just the opposite of diligence. Because diligence, a diligent person is going to show uh, active uh, devotion to useful labor. They're going to be busy doing something. They're not going to be idle. A diligent person is going to persevere and be attentive into what needs to be done, and they're going to get it done. Proverbs 29, 1 says, A man who hardens his neck after much reproof will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. Now, when we're talking about reproof, you say, well, what does reproof have to do with things? You know, God, he, he, he tells us in the Word what we're to do. He tells us in the Word uh, what his standard is, and when we read it and we say we don't measure to that standard, that is correction right there. God puts people across your path, and he tells you when you, uh, when you need to straighten up. Uh, and, and they might tell you in a nice way, uh, they might tell you in a harsh way, but they, they say these things right here you need to straighten up in your life because you, if you keep going this way, things are going to be out of order. Well, if a person keeps hardening his neck after much reproof, suddenly... They'll be broken beyond remedy. There is a cause and there's an effect. There is an action and there is, of course, a result. 
But those are general things. Let's talk about something specific today that you can take away. Specifically, let's talk about what we're going to do during these financial hard times. I was reading a report in the newspaper, uh, and I was looking at um, um, it's a news report on, on the financial situation of the nation and, and people. And these are tough times, people, financially. These are tough times. What are we going to do? What is God telling us to do specifically during these financial hard times? Well, I think, number one, he's telling us to use the provisions that he's given us. To use the provisions he's given. Do you, do you know that this, 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 this Bible and your Bible is filled with provision? There is nothing that God has left undone. Nothing. Everything that you have to, to, to need to do with God, our life and godliness is in this Bible. Everything. It's not one thing that's left out. He knows. So let's look at some of the provision he has provided for us financially. Because I'm sure no one wants to uh, lose your retirement. You, you don't have anything to retire on. When you get to be uh, 65 or 70 or whatever you think you're going to retire at uh, without working hard... I know, I know that you, you want to be prepared so that you can still live. I know that you want to do that. And there are people now that are losing a lot of things. A lot of things. You know? A lot. And I'm sure that I've lost some. I, I refuse to check. You know? <laughs> I refuse to check. You know, but, but thank, thankful that the majority of my money is, is laid away where Moth and rust can't get to it, you know, and so I'm thankful for that. The little bit I do have uh, that's in in in, in some uh, stocks and things like that, um, you know, I don't even look at it because I I know that he's gonna tell me, hey, you lost some money, you know, but it's okay. It's okay to lose a little, but I gain it back. I gain it back because I pray. Let's look at Galatians chapter 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived, the word of God says. To be deceived is to be led astray, to be misled. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows. This he will also reap. Now to, to me, that's provision. That's provision. Because it says, whatever a man sows, this will he also reap. It says, for the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit, and it's talking about the Spirit of God, shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. That is provision. So I said, okay, God, there's a provision now. Now, we... Will you then give me seed to sow financially? Financially. I don't need tomatoes. I need money. Okay? I can buy tomatoes. So will you give me seed to sow? Is it anyone here that doubts whether God will give you seed to sow? Because he says so in his word. 
Where does he say so in his word? Because you're supposed to know. Because you're going to be talking to people on your job. You're going to be talking to people. And the people are going to say, oh, man, did you oh, the stop Michael Fetter's way? Oh, it's the worst time since 1987. It hasn't been this bad. And that's true. That's what they say. It hasn't been this bad since 87. And they say now, you know, it could get worse. Well, what are you going to tell the people that you work with? What advice you going to give them? Where's the found? Somebody holler out for me. Where's the found? That's a good one. Second Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6. Okay, praise God. We got somebody to know the word. I know all of you knew it, didn't you? You just was, you didn't, you were so humble. Oh, that was that message. That's right on humility. You didn't want to say it. I knew it. Let's turn to it. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Favorite, favorite passage, a passage of mine. Favorite. I mean, I love it. I love it. And this is what I pray over. Every time I, before I give offerings at home, which Elder John shared with you, that I want to praise over it, and I want to pray over it, and I pray this right here. Now, what it says here, if you look down in verse uh, 10, it says, Now he who supplies seed to the soil and bread for food will supply and, come on, what's that word? Multiply in a new American standard your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, that's a verse you should memorize. That he who supplies seed to the soil. No one should be without seed unless you're eating your seed. Okay? He's going to give you seed. You can sow it or you can eat it. So God is saying that I'm going to give you seed. That is a promise. That is a provision for us. Not only did he say he's going to give you seed, he's going to give you bread for food also. Didn't he say that? So no one should be without. I don't care how hard times get, you should not be without because God has already promised that he will give you food and he will, and he will give you seed to sow. Now, let me give you an uh, example uh, that's very important. That here's a man that was going across the desert. He had provisions. But the provision was not going to take him but halfway. Just halfway. And if he didn't get the other, if he didn't get something provided for him by halfway, he was going to die after that. Okay? Now, during this time, he also told him, now, the provision is already there for you. What's going to happen is that you're going to come across this place. Here's the map. You're going to come to this place right here. Your provision would have run out by now. You're going to be, you're going to be, uh, hungry. You're going to be thirsty. You, you will die if you, if you go a different way. This is a provision for you. Now, here's what, what, what you, what it'll look like. There will be a well, and there, there will be a pump there. But the water is underground. I want you to dig in this spot here. I'm going to put an X here. Dig in this spot. There's going to be a gallon of water. I want you to uh, take the, uh, the lid off. And I want you to pull that gallon of water into that pump. All of it. Every drop of it. And from that point on, 
you're going to have enough provision, water, to fill all of your jugs, your water, your camels, and everything else, you're going to have it right there. Now, if that were you and me, we're going across this desert. Okay, we gave out a provision. Now we're thirsty. We go to the, to the place. We see, the, we see where the pump is. We see the water because we dug it up. We, we got it. But we're so thirsty and we think we might die. How do you know that if you pour that water in that pump that you're going to get more water? You know? You, you, you got to have, you got to trust somebody, right? You got to trust somebody. If everything else was true, you might as well trust and, and be, because you're going to die anyway. If, it, if it's not true, you're going to die. You're not going to make it cross with just a one gallon of water. You, so you might as well do it. But see, the law of a pump, I tried to get one, but these antique shops, they didn't have any. Is it, you know, these old fashioned pumps. You all seen them. All of those who, who, who are my age. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, you, you back there in the, in the, in the thirties. Yeah, I knew. I knew it. Okay, now, uh, wh- what you do is just pump it. You, you pour the water down it. And when you're pouring, you gotta do what? Pump the handle, right? Now as you're pumping, as you're pouring, what's, what happens? It gets harder and harder. And after a while, the water comes out. Now you can fill everything up. You know, you can fill all your little jugs up and all that. And he says, now, don't forget to put water back in that jug and, 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 and also bear it back again because the next one's going to come along. They're going to need that water. God is saying that to us when he gives us seed. He said, I'm going to give you seed for sowing. Please don't eat your seed. Please don't go and waste your seed. I'm going to give you seed to sow, and I want you to sow it in the ground because you're going to, you're going to get a crop that's going to be abounding. Listen to it in, in uh, 2 Corinthians um, 9, 6. Now this I say, who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or out of, under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you will always have an all-sufficiency in everything. You may have an abundance for every good deed. For it is written, he's scattered abroad, he's given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Do you, do you understand what God is saying here? So now, what does God want us to do with our seed? Sow it. That's his provision for us. That's the provision for some farmer. You, you make sure you have some seed so you can plant it. Do not eat your seed. Plant your seed and you have a bountiful crop. The more you sow, the more you're going to reap. So how much do you want to have in these times that are, they say that are hard that might be worse as time come on, as, as time gone? How much do you want? Do you want just enough so you can eat one meal a day? Do you want enough so you can eat two meals a day? Do you want enough to eat three meals a day? Or do you want to be able to eat all that you want, thank you, Chad, four meals a day, and also give to somebody else, supply somebody else's need? That's what we need to do. Is that correct? In order to do that, then, you're going to have to sow bountifully. You cannot sow sparingly. You're going to reap sparingly. You're not going to have enough for that. So if, if you as a Christian, if, if I'm saying that, hey, we don't have enough, we just barely making it. 
We can't, you know, this is hard times. We don't have enough money. We can't do this. We can't do that. I already know God has already provided. So I can say that we are not following God's provision. You can already know it. We're not following his provision. Listen to what he says in, in Proverbs uh, chapter 11, verse 24, 25, 28. There is one who scatters, yet increases all the more. That doesn't make sense, does it? Here you're scattering, but yet you increase. And there is one who withholds what is justly due, but it only results in want. You see God's, God's law, his provision? If you do a lot of scattering, then you're going to gain more. If you do a lot of holding back, because, hey, I got to hold on because these are hard times, what will happen is that you're going to be in want. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. Proverbs chapter 28, 27. He who gives to the poor will, what's that word? Never want. Never want. Never want. Now, is that a provision or is it not? God says if you give to the poor, you'll never want. But if you give to the poor, you're going to be scattered. If you give to the poor, you're not going to have a, have a, have a whole abundance for yourself right now. So you got to plant, you got to sow, then you're going to reap. There's a time for sowing, there's a time for reaping. Proverbs 17, 19, 17. He who is gracious to the poor, to a poor man, lends to the Lord. And he, meaning the Lord, will repay him for his good deed. In tough times, I'm going to tell you, in tough times, you need to give to the poor. In tough times, you need to give. In Philippians chapter um, four, verse 14. You know, when people quote that scripture, you know, um, God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Well, that's true. He will. But you know, you're going to have to realize that what he's meaning is that you're going to have to abide by the stipulations he put it there for. Let's look at these stipulations here. In chapter four, verses 14 through 19, it says, Nevertheless, you have, you have done uh, well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I, I, I seek the gift itself, but I seek the profit from uh, which there is the increase to your account. Profit which may increase to your account. In other words, he's saying here that I'm not looking for the gift. I'm looking for something that's going to profit you. It's going to be added to your account. God's going to put that on the books for you because you were giving at a time in my need. He said, but I have received everything in full and have, have abundance. I'm already supplied, having received from uh, Epaphroditus what you have sent, uh, a fragrant aroma and acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
Now, let's think about this. Do not quote that scripture. Don't even try quoting that scripture if you don't give to missionaries, people who really are, are in need taking the gospel different places. Okay? Now, if you're in this church and you give to this church, you can quote the scripture because we give. We support um, Clem Farris, and he's, he's all over the world. He was in Western Europe, um, Bob uh, Watson. They were doing conferences all over, you know, strengthening the churches, uh, prophetic conferences, and all those type of things, uh, leadership building. Uh, Jared Daly, we support him. This is every month now we support these people. Uh, and every single soul that is in his church that got saved, you're getting credit for it. You're getting credit for it. And he has, last count, I think I told you, it's about 114 or something like that now. In the church, he started with two families. Also, uh, the lenses. We support the lenses. They are, they are in, in, in uh, Taiwan. They are, they are doing the work of ministry. They are, they are the youth leaders and whatnot there in the church. Every soul to save, you're getting credit for it. We give to them every month. So even though we have need ourselves, we got we have sense enough to know that if you have need, give. So, okay, and you know we have a, we have a a big building we're gonna have to you know pay for uh, next year this time. They're gonna break ground in January, and the man already we're already paying interest on on, on some for the land. And the man called and said, hey, can you, can you uh, give me an advance on this thing? Because we've got your building sitting here on, the, on, uh, on this truck. And we need to pay for it. I said, call the bank, you know. Uh, see them. Because he's, he's the one that got to disperse. He's the one that has to approve things, you know. Um, but we have this big need. Big need. But a big need means big giving. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Big need doesn't mean big hold back. That doesn't make sense. You see? Because that's not God's principles. Okay, so uh, we, we, we have a benevolent fund also that you might not know about, but we have a benevolent fund. We've been giving to that, that fund for about, oh, about 10, 15 years, uh, longer than 10 years, about 15 years we've been giving benevolent. Because our family, what we believe in is that the, uh, these words that I'm, I'm t- telling you today, we've been doing this for about 15, 20 years because what we say is that when, when you learn something, put it to use. Put it to use. Because I know that somebody's going to be in need. And I want to fund in the church so that whenever we had it already in our home, but when, we, when, when I became the senior pastor, I wanted to do it in the church. That whenever somebody had a need, say, oh, you know, uh, they, they are faithful. They are, they, they're doing everything you ask them to do. You know, they're, they're trying to help you advance the clean, kingdom, things like that. And they say, well, uh, you know, I don't have any, any, any money for this right here. Can you help? Then you don't want to say, well... <laughs> You know, I wish that good, but you know, we're building a building, you know. No, you say, yes, we, we can help you. And, and you, you help them because you've already been prepared. You look for the ant. See, everything, everything I'm telling you, we do. We look to the ant. But so the ant said, hey, the ant is, uh, uh, you know, storing up. There's going to be some time where the ant's going to be hungry. So I know it's going to be some time where you're going to have a need. I know it's going to be a time somebody's going to have a need. So we're already prepared for that. Okay? So we do that. Uh, and the only stipulation we have is that are you doing what we ask you to do? Okay? Don't think that we're going to take what we stored up and give to you and you're eating your seed. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
We don't do that now. Okay? Because I ask you bold questions. I ask you bold questions. When people come to say, they say, you know, my light bill, da, 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 da. Okay, fine, you know. Are you tithing? No. Oh. In your home groups? No. Oh. Didn't we tell you to do that? Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah, okay. Now, we got to be good stewards, right? Okay. So I wanted to tell you the other side because God is the same way. Because sometimes we get in God's way. We want to help people. And then people, I'm going to tell you, you, you better be wise with your, with your finances and don't be helping people that's out there uh, uh, doing drugs with their money and then want you to pay their light bill. That's, that's crazy, you know? We're not going to do that, you know? You ate your seed, you smoked it away. So, therefore, you know, therefore you're going you're gonna to suffer, you know? These are provisions I'm telling you about. I was listening to the, to the news report, and they, they, this, this person, they were a financial wizard, you know. They were telling people, people calling in, asking about, you know, what should they do? They're $100,000 in debt, you know, credit card debt, and this and this. What should we do, you know? And what should we do about our, our Roth, you know, savings? What should we do about this, uh, all these funds right here? What we need to do? And, you know, um, I said, why don't this person... It was a lady, and she was good at what she told them to do because it was natural. It was, it was everything smart naturally. But I said, why in the world she give them the word of God, you know? Because, see, the word of God tells me that it's no place, no place, there's no Roth fund, there's no uh, RS, it's just, uh, 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 it's, there's, there's nothing. You can diversify all you want to. You will never get back 60, 30, 100 fold. You're not going to get it. If, if you get it, you tell me about it. Okay, you tell me about it because, because I, I don't believe you can put something in something and get a hundred times what you put in it. You know? Ask the people who, who have money in the stock market now. Are they getting a hundred times, you know? You're not going to get a hundred times. And when we had the church's money in, a, in, 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 uh, in stock, uh, when we first put it in there, we lost big time. I think that was about eight or seven. <laughs> we lost big time. Uh, I mean, I, I felt so bad. But the man said, don't worry about it. It's going to come back up, you know. So it did. It finally did because we didn't need it uh, at that time. Uh, so it came back up. And when, when it came back up, and then we had to do things with the land and all that kind of stuff uh, and pay the down payment uh, collateral for the, for the building, we had money to do that. for, for We had money to... Um, renovate the building over the other places. So we had money because we left it in there. Okay? But it did not get 30 times what we put in. It didn't even get 10 times what we put in. Yeah. So what, what provision has God made for it? In Matthew 13, if you'll turn there, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about here in Matthew 13. It says that you know, it's talking about the sower sows the word of God. He sows seeds. Verse 5, And often some fell on the rocky places where they did not um, have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. Verse 6, But when, they, when the sun had risen, and they, they were scorched because they had no root, and they withered away. Others fell, verse 7, on the, on, among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on good soil 
and yielded a crop some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who have ears to hear, let him hear. And that means man or woman. Let him hear. Now, God is saying, we say a principle is sow and you will reap. How much are you going to sow? How much do you want? Do you want a hundredfold? Do you want sixty? Do you want thirty? Do you want, um, like in, if you leave your money in just regular checking account, you might get point something percent, you know? Uh, in ours, checking account now, I think we get five percent, um, something like that. Uh, you leave it a money market, you might get a little bit more. But you don't get a hundredfold. You don't get sixty times. I want a hundred times what I put in. And I know that God tells me I can get it. I can get it. Because I'm sowing the way he told me to sow. We're sowing as a church the way he told, me, told us to sow. So can you do that in your family? Can you sow the way God told, tells you to sow? Sow to the poor. Sow, sow everywhere. Scatter. Just scatter your, your seed. You say, well, I won't have enough for myself. I won't even have enough to eat. Man, I like, I like you know, to go out eat every time, every now and then. I like, I like things to eat. He said he, you, he'll give you bread for food. You, you know, you, you've seen, uh, he said in, in the word of God that, that he's never seen a righteous forsaken or a seed breaking, break, uh, begging bread. Okay? So why are you worrying about your seed? So, you know, to eat. Also, he told you in, in, in Matthews also, he told you, what, what are you concerned about your life? What you're going to eat? What you're going to drink? What you're going to wear? You know? Where are you going to live? Why are you thinking about those things? Don't the heathen think about those things? Don't the ungodly think about those things? Look to the lilies of the field. They don't, you know, they don't sow. They don't do anything. They, have, they look very, very good. The birds, they, they have food. He says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all those other things will be added to you. Those, my dear friends, are not just idle words spoken. And we're supposed to say, oh, that was, that's nice, you know, that's good, that's good, except during hard times. That's a good scripture memorization for, for you know, um, in good times, but it's not good for hard times. No, 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 this is good for hard times. This is good for all the time. But you're going to have to prepare for the hard times by, by sowing during the good times. Okay? So how are we going to respond to these hard times as Christians. We're going to use the provisions that he's given us, which is so, 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 so. Other thing is that don't get weary in well-doing. Because, see, a farmer, when he plants, he, ha- he has good sense. He knows because he's been taught there's a sowing time and there's a reaping time. If you sow, you don't get a harvest the next day. And that's what we do sometimes. We say, well, I've been giving, I've been giving, I've been giving, and I've been giving all my life, and I haven't received nothing. I keep looking in the mailbox, and, and my ship hasn't come in yet. You know? Don't get weary in well-doing. Just keep doing it. Because in due time, you shall reap. If you don't faint. That's what God says. And if you haven't been sowing, it's Okay. Start sowing. Ask for forgiveness. Just repent. Ask for forgiveness. Say, God, I, I, I repent. I change. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start doing what you said do because it is in your word. I just haven't been doing it. 
It's been hard to do. I, I didn't trust you to do it. I, I, I just had a little, and if I let it go to sow somewhere else, God, you know, then I wouldn't have for myself. No. Sow a lot. God's not going to be mocked. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. Walk by the Spirit. You can do all the sowing you want to. You can scatter everywhere you want to. But if you're walking in sin, it doesn't help you, does it? So you're going to walk by the Spirit. And the last thing is you'll have to remember that you're not giving to man. You're not giving to the institution. You're giving to God. And see, we get bent out of shape sometime because of that too. We say, I'm not going to give to them, you know. Because they, they did this right here. They're doing this right here. I think they need to be doing this with the money. I think this right here. It's not your business to think. It's your business to obey the word of God. And the word of God says, oh, but I'm not serious. I'm, I'm serious. You know? You, we get in trouble thinking. We really do. Because our thoughts are not his thoughts. And our ways are not his ways. So all we have to do is read and obey. You know? And you say, well, no, we are, we are, uh, educated. We need to be thinkers, you know. Okay, keep thinking. Keep staying broke. You know, but that's, that's what's going to happen. Uh, we start obeying in our household. That's what we start doing. And so me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to obey. We're going to do it. You know. And there was a time where I cried, yes, you know, because I didn't see the results of my giving. Absolutely, you know. But there's nothing I can do about it. But, you know, Cry and wait, you know. Uh, and he showed up, and I'm I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that that we waited because my daughters will tell you that we've been through tough times in financial situations. We were back in '87. We weren't just born, you know, in '88. Uh, and so, you know, we didn't we didn't we weren't there when the when the Great Depression of, you know, I guess it was about 1930 happened. We weren't we weren't there here at that time. But we've been through some hard times, and we've made it. And we're going to keep making it because we're going to keep obeying the word of God. Okay? So that's what we're going to do for, as a congregation. And I want to leave that message uh, in your hearts today that God has provided for these tough times. Because if you, if you depend upon... Oh, I know what I, I'm gonna, oh, I know who gonna bail me out. The president gonna bail me out. The next president, he gonna, he gonna, he gonna have this force, he gonna have this force. You know, come on. You didn't just, you weren't just born. You know? You got sense enough to know, okay, what president come in, they're not your savior. You know? And they're not your deliverer. And they're not, they're not gonna, gonna pay your bills. They're not. Okay? They might give you, you know, some tax reduction here or there. They might do, that's not enough. That's not enough. We, we don't live by the world system. We live by God's system. So I don't, you know, I care who gets in the office, but I don't care, you know, about all these things that people are so concerned about. I care about only righteousness. That's what I care about. What is going to send this nation quicker into destruction and what's going to hold back some destruction around for God? What's going to hold it back, you know? So that's what, what the way that I like to do and I like to vote is that what are the issues, you know, uh, I'm not looking for somebody to put money in my pocket. I'm not looking for somebody going to do something for me. I got somebody who's going to do something for me, you know. That's what I got. So that's what I want you to do um, 
and, and think that way because you don't want to be voting for something, uh, somebody that's going to, going to mess around and make things so bad that, that, you know, I can't stand up and say, well, you know, uh, homosexuality is sin. And I said, oh, that's hate words, you know. And they come haul me off and put me in jail. You had to come bring me some Kool-Aid, you know, in jail, you know. <laughs> you don't want that to happen, see. Okay. Well, you know, we want, to be to, we want to be to teach it and speak it just like it is. Amen. That's what we want to do. Okay. Uh, let's stand. You're so nice. Tell your neighbors, tell your co-workers, tell your friends that God has provided for you and he'll provide for them. But they need Jesus Christ in their life. And that's what we all need. And if you're not born again today, today is the day of salvation. God is ready for you. He's been waiting. And this is the day. So we'd like to pray for you. Would the prayer team come up, please? Uh, pray for you for, for, for salvation. I want to pray for you for rededication. I want to pray for you for strength. Some people have not really been sowing like you should. Some people have been withholding. You know, we've been withholding their seed. And it's, it's caused you to be in, 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 in lack. God doesn't want you to be in want. He doesn't want you to be, uh, like the world system. I, I don't believe, I really don't believe that God wants a church that's so poor they can't advance the gospel. Amen. I don't, I don't believe that, you know. I believe we should have sufficient. We should be like Paul. I know how to be a base. I know how to be a bound, you know. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you know. That's what I believe we ought to be. We ought to be just like Jesus. It doesn't matter whether he had a job or whether he does. He had a, he had a, uh, somebody who was keeping, keeping the money for him. So he had to get the money from somewhere. And any time he needed taxes, just say, okay, go and, and, and uh, fish, you know. The first fish to come out, take the corn out, and then pay your taxes. In other words, God's always going to provide. And so, therefore, I, I believe the same thing for us. God is going to provide. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Father, we're so, so grateful that we can proclaim the word of God in America, Lord. We're so glad. We're so glad, Lord, we can say, in God we trust we're so glad, Father, that our forefathers, somebody had the, had the boldness to put it on all our currencies so that people wouldn't be trusting in their currency. They say, in God we trust. It's not in this, this green thing. It's not in these coins. It's in God we trust. I'm so glad that, that that happened, Lord. And, Father, we ask you not to let anybody undo that because, Father, we want you to remain the God of America, Lord. We don't want to suppress you. We don't want to whisper about you. We want to proclaim it from the, from the rooftops, Lord, that Jesus is Lord. And we want to be able to pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, not just say in his name or, or something. Father, it's Jesus Christ who died for us. That's the only way to salvation. So if anybody today needs prayer, the, the people are here and they want to pray for you. If you need a prophetic word, you know, they are here to pray with you and see what God would have to say. This morning, if you have any needs, whatever it may be, please come forward and see the prayer team. 
If you want to stand in for somebody, you know of a need, and you want to stand in for somebody, please do that also. Um, We're going to leave you with a blessing. If you are a guest with us today, please be sure and visit with Pastor Taylor and Minerva out in the lobby before you go. They'd have like to have a time with you and say hello. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up, lift up His countenance to you and give you peace. Go in peace today. Before you go, read something right quick. This is from a pastor, a black pastor. His name is Francis Graham. He said, if the time ever come when we shall go to pieces, it will be from losing sight of the fact that righteousness exalts a nation, but that sin is a reproach to any people. Unless we hold firmly to the great principles of righteousness enunciated in the Declaration of Independence, in the Golden Rule, in the Ten Commandments, in the Sermon on the Mount, if it continues, if it continues to exist, will be a curse and not a blessing. And this was from a, a black uh, pastor who was a slave. And he, he announced that. So I want to leave you with those words. Now when you go out, the ushers would have the books. So one per family, because we don't have about, about 45 books, I think it is. So it's enough for one per family. Okay, may God bless you.